Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has the vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. I'm so glad you're back. I had to do that opening last week, Devin. Hi. I suck. Oh my gosh, do not say <laughs> I'm not, that. It wasn't, no, it just felt odd for me to do the opening because it's you. It's that's, that's your time. I just, I don't know. I'm glad you're back. I should have, I should have recorded it and then sent it to you. But I guarantee you did phenomenal and I'm going to go ahead and give it a listen as soon as we get it off here. Well, you know, um, the, the podcast went well mm-hmm. and um, Jacob was a good stand in. But yeah. Thanks Jacob, by the way. Yeah. He's, he said at the end of it, me and me and Dev are bros. Is that a thing <laughs> to say someone's bros? Is it the, it's the yeah. UK connection. Yeah. Yeah. We're homies. But friends, I got to tell you something that before we started this podcast, Devin's just been whiny. Now, if you remember back in the fall, we did a an episode where we double-checked with her mom about how whiny she could get, and she was whiny. Devin, go ahead and tell everyone what the whininess was about today. I'm a little moody this morning um, because woke up on the wrong foot. Who knew today was daylight savings time? I knew. Julie knew. Everybody in the world knew. Every, or not I, the world, but America. Like, we knew. I I don't think it was publicized as much as it should have been this time <laughs> she's, around. She's <laughs> like, I set you... my alarm for eight thirty on my now caveat. I use my own alarm clock. I'm with you. I I'm still I don't old use school. my iPhone. I do yeah. that too. Yeah. So last night, tucked into bed, set my alarm for eight thirty to give me an hour to get up, to get my coffee, mm-hmm. to yeah. relax. Before we jumped on at 9.30. Right. Yeah, I got you. Woke up, checked my phone. It says 9.30. She's in a tizzy. I'm looking up Dear on my God. phone to my alarm clock like, this this, this is not right. Something's not right here. So I proceeded to Google. Is today indeed <laughs> March 12th? Daylight savings time. And guess what it is? News to me. And the world just failed to let Devin know. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, world. I immediately texted Julie yeah. and said, I'm an idiot and we'll be on soon. Rolled over, told Katie, hey, Katie, guess what? <laughs> it's daylight savings time, babe. <laughs> she didn't care. Uh, so, yeah, that's the reason why I'm a little whiny yeah, this morning. Yeah, so we had to, you know, we, we talked for about an hour beforehand so she could get that out of her system before we could. I'm still not over it. Yeah, I know. I hate being late. I do, too. I, I'm an early person, right? Like. Not to get up early, but I like to arrive places early. 15 minutes early, you're on time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's how I operate. That's why I set my alarm for an hour before the podcast starts. Wow. And failed on that one, so so sorry, Julie. So we're uh, here. We're going to trudge through. <laughs> It'll be okay, Devin. But yeah. we're so glad you're back this weekend. And how was Camp Sherman? It was good. It was Except good. for the tornado that kind of wanted yep. to blow through. but it tore down a couple trees. But everybody was safe, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. I don't know if you talked about it all on the podcast, but your two of my two, actually three, um, three of my great grandfathers. I only sent you. Yeah, I told you the names of two of them because I had pictures of them. Um, but three of my great grandfathers who were in World War One um, actually 
were stationed or kind of got started at Camp Sherman there in Chillicothe, Ohio. And it was just kind of cool to make that connection that you're going to be standing in the same kind of place that my family stood. I told you the names. Um, Elmer Woods, one of my grand, great, great, it would have been great grandfathers. Yeah. And Victor Smith. Yeah. Very yeah. proud of them and their service. And then someone like you comes along and carries the tradition on. It's just beautiful. I thought about them a lot while I was walking around out there. It's just cool to think that, you know, I shared in the same footsteps and walked the same ground as those true, true heroes. So catching up on sleep still, you know, that army life is early wake ups and you don't sleep very well. And you miss daylight savings time. And I mean, here I am. Darn the army for that. You guys, <laughs> she, really was filling me the, up. she was filling the swear jar a lot before we even started. Yes, I was. Yeah. Yep. There's a few dollars already that <laughs> we'll in, donate in the swear to somebody. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, let's persevere just like the scripture that we're talking about today. Oh my gosh. People have got to get tired of us saying this, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's just so good. Like it's no wonder we named this Jesus. That's good news. I know you came up with that, Devin, but it's perfect. But today is so good when this woman's story that we're going to be looking at um, is just terrible. Ladies, especially, um, if you're listening to this, I don't mean anything against the guys, but ladies, you're really going to be able to connect with this woman and her health issues. And ugh, ugh is all I can ugh say. is uh, right. Yeah. If you think seven days of a period is bad. We're going to be talking about the big M word, menstruation today bleeding i hate that word menstruation what does that mean she has her menses um no she's on her period okay um and we're going to talk about a woman that was on her period for 12 years 12 can you imagine no i can't either i mean i think if i if it would have been like one or two years i would have just said i'm out i'm done you know Mm. but Mm -mm -mm. yeah persevere is a great word for this for this woman and for, and this story is just fantastic. So it's found in the book of Mark and Luke. But you guys, as we've said before, context is everything. So Devin, I I want to go like you used the term OG a couple weeks ago, but I want to go OT, Old Testament. Old Testament. Yeah, okay, I want to go Old okay. Testament today. <laughs> now before we do that though, I'm going to ask you just a question. When you see, like, if you are out and about and you're shopping somewhere, can can you recognize the Nike swoosh? Always. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of famous. Like, you, there is, the word Nike doesn't even have to be associated with it. Right. You see the swoosh and you're like, I know what that you is. Know. Mm-hmm. And what, it kind of represents something. What do you think it represents? The swoosh. Nike in itself great athletes yeah right um no just sports in general it's kind of the the brand of sports yeah so there's really no explanation needed it's just kind of you see the symbol and it means something so i want you to keep that in mind Devin, as we go back to uh, we're gonna go like i said ot we're gonna go old testament here so in an old testament prophet named uh, malachi he, there's a very famous scripture in there in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. And Devin, if you have that in front of you, can you read that for me? Yep. But for you who revere my name, 
the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Yeah, and in my in my text, whether it's a New Living Translation, RSV, that word rays is also wings, mm. with healing in his wings or in its wings. So there was kind of an um, this image, the sun of righteousness was kind of like, if you could imagine, it was kind of like a logo, if you will, or something that would have been etched into stone. If someone would have seen that, they would have said, oh, that's the son of righteousness. And the son of righteousness was actually referring to another god, okay, because there were a lot of gods back then. And what Malachi does is this. He takes this foreign god, the son of righteousness, and he gives them godly attributes, This isn't just a son of righteousness. This isn't just a Nike swoosh. This is a Nike swoosh with healing in his wings or in his rays. Okay. So -hmm. like he takes that thing and he makes it more holy. He makes it amazing. And the word for that rays or wings is a very fun word. It's called kanaf. Can you say that? Kanaf. Kanaf. So if we were going to read that, we would say the son of righteousness, this God of, of, you know, Abraham, this God has healing in his kanaf. And the kanaf refers to like wings or in the edges of his garments. I'll give you an example. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem, uh, right before he dies, he says, he looks at the town and he says, oh, how I've longed to kind of gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her kanaf, under Mm. her wings. Like, in other words, wants to protect with the wings, right? Kanaf is the idea there. But that word was also used, kanaf was also used to refer to the edges of a garment or the edges of a skirt. And so it would be like saying, um, oh, Devin, you know, I was coming over to your house, but my kanaf got caught in the car door, (laughs) right? The edges of your, of your of your coat or the edges of your garment got stuck. Now, here's why I want to, so I hope you're all tracking with me. All right, so Mm -hmm. there's gonna be healing in the kanaf, healing in the wings. So here's what we're gonna do now. Stay with me, everyone. I promise this is gonna be beautiful the way it turns out. Devin, I want you to go to Numbers. It's clear back at the beginning of the Bible's Numbers 15. Okay, number 15, there. All right, go to verse 37. So this is back in Moses' time, and the Lord is going to talk to Moses about what he wants them to wear um, on their garments. So remember, you guys, kanaf can mean wings, and kanaf can also mean the edges of a garment. All right, go ahead, Dev. So the little like subheading says tassels on garments. There we go. Okay. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. Guess what? That actually says you are to make tassels on the kanaf. Hmm. Of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. Kanaf. Yeah, kanaf. The same word that is said in Malachi that said there is healing in the kanaf. Mm-hmm. Healing in the wings of your garment. And he said to 
to attach tassels there. Go ahead and read a little bit more. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Okay, so here's the idea. You buy a pair of tennis shoes with a Nike swoosh so that people know, they recognize Devin is an athlete. Check out her gear. She's wearing all Nike. Mm -hmm. There's an assumption there, right? So it's the same idea here with the kanaf on the edges of the garments. You're to wear tassels. Why? So that you remember that you belong to God. And so if people see uh, individuals walking down the street and they see these blue tassels hanging from the kanaf from the edges of the garments, they're like, hey, that's a brand ambassador. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. He belongs to God. Check out those tassels. Yeah. He belongs to God. And they were there to be a reminder of who God is and, and his goodness. So now let's go New Testament. Let's bring this forward, Devin. So we, we're understanding, Malachi said there's healing in the wings, mm-hmm. okay? Healing in his wings. And we know that on the wings or the kanaf of the garment, there were tassels hanging down, okay? That represented something. So now let's go NT. Let's go New Testament. NT, baby. So people would take this beautiful imagery and they would corrupt it. So go to Matthew chapter 23. And let's start with verse 5, Devin. All right. And so what's happening here is Jesus, I love it when Jesus goes gangster. Is that a good word? I don't know if it is. <laughs> I love it when Jesus like kind of starts ripping into people who can't back up what they say. Yeah. What he's doing is he's he's kind of making fun of individuals who try to act holier than they are, the Pharisees, i.e. Come on. Okay. So here we go. Go Jesus. Here we go. Okay. Matthew 23. Verse 5, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. This is funny to me. Why is this funny? Because, yeah, the quote, holy people. Yeah. Are making their phylacteries, which are these like things that they wear on their heads. Yeah, they were like boxes where they would literally store scripture. Yeah, so silly. They would make them those as wide as they could and then their tassels as long as they could for people to see how holy they are. Oh, that's it exactly. It would be like if someone was decked out with a Nike hat, Nike sweatshirt, Nike shoes, Nike everything, and you're like, that's a little Nike overkill. We get it, dude. And I'm so glad, though, you know, for the most part, most of us holy people nowadays really don't do this. We don't really try to impress people, right, by how holy... Yeah, that's bullshit. So anyways, okay, swear Mm -hmm. jar. (laughs) Yeah, so they were using the tassels as a way to make themselves look more important or more holy. And they're missing the idea because the kanaf, right? The tassels attached to the kanaf had meaning. Right. And it wasn't that I'm extra special and I'm extra holy. No. Like, it meant I belong to God. Like, 
And I'm reminded by seeing the tassels on my clothes that like God is for me. There was a beautiful um, blessing. And I think many of you have probably heard it before. I I always um, say this blessing um, more often at funerals than anywhere else, but a lot of people do it in church services. But imagine um, you're in the synagogue and perhaps the priest raises his arms and as he's raising his arms, like the edges of his garment, you know, are, are kind of hanging off his arms and you see tassels hanging down. And then he says this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Have you ever heard this, Devin? Mm. This is from number six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. How beautiful of an imagery is that, that you see these beautiful tassels, knowing there's healing in the wings of that garment, and you belong to God. It's, the kanaf means something, okay? So, I hope all that, does that make sense to you, Devin? Like, are you tracking with all all that? Okay, so we need to understand that before we read the story today, which is just so good, you guys, so good, like I said earlier. So what I want to do is, Devin, if you can go to Mark chapter 5. You're making me work through this Bible here. You got to know your Bible. You got to know it a little bit or go to the table of contents. There's nothing wrong with that either, folks. Mark chapter 5. Okay, I'm there. So let's read in Mark chapter 5. Jesus, man, is like just knocking stuff out of the park left and right. His ministry is is like full on. People are hearing about him. He's getting a reputation. He's a rock star. He's the OG. You said that a couple weeks ago. So let's see what OG is up to today. Okay. Start with verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Okay, what we're about ready to enter into is something called a Markin sandwich, okay? The, the author of Mark liked to do this. Like, he would set Jesus out on, like, on a mission And he's about to be interrupted by another mission before he gets to the end of the mission. So what we're going to look at is like a little sandwich. We're going to look at what happens here in the middle. So, But nonetheless, Jesus is on a mission. He needs to go to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. This is a big deal, by the way, that a synagogue leader would would say, I believe there's something special about you. Mm. It was pretty humbling for that guy to come to him. But we always talk about this as it's when you are personally affected by something Oh, is when you start to believe. Yeah, ownership means everything. Mm-hmm. When it's happening to me, then it means the world. All right, so the crowds are around him. Jesus, the rock star, he's going to go do something amazing. But there's a holy interruption that's about to take place. And here it is. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Mm. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Oh my gosh. That was a lot right there. 
That is a lot. Oh, my. so where do we even start with this poor lady? I mean, let's let's talk about her for just a moment in the situation of her life. Guys, I don't know. Like, how do we explain this to men? Like a regular. You, <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> like a regular period is bad enough. My dad, he cracks me up. He always says, you can't trust somebody who bleeds for seven days straight and lives. <laughs> That's the male perspective. I would totally agree with that. I remember um, when we were growing up, it was, uh, my dad was in a house with four women. He had three daughters and a wife. Mm. And he, he would get out the calendar at the beginning of the summer, and he'd say, okay, everyone write down their period when their periods come in. Oh, Like, my as if God. that's, yeah, because we're going to arrange, <laughs> we're going to arrange the the Smith family vacation around periods. It's like, that's an impossibility. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Just pick a week, Roger, and we got to go with man. it. Oh, yeah. But I like your dad's quote even better. But <laughs> I'm, ladies, imagine this. It's bad enough having a period, like I said, having it for 12 years. It would, I mean, I'm not trying to be gross, but like there were no feminine products back then. And right. I mean, and what little money she probably had. I mean, I'm guessing she probably had like no support. You guys, she would have been deemed as unclean. Absolutely. Just a total pariah. Meaning her family ditched her, her friends probably ditched her. She Everyone. Nobody. Yeah, because. God's favor is certainly not on someone who's been bleeding for 12 years. So why would you associate or even be in the same vicinity as her? Because mm-hmm. like you just said, it makes her unclean. Devin, you're so good because that comes from back in the Old Testament again, Leviticus mm-hmm. 15. Mm-hmm. There's like a whole section of rules about what you're supposed to do and or not do with a woman who is on her period. And I mean, that led, like you said, to isolation socially, um, religiously, uh, relationally and it, it's like I don't know I kind of get upset with God in this one I'll be honest with you because it's almost like he's punishing women for something that is beyond their control yeah we didn't ask I, for this I think I'd like to have my period today <laughs> and, and and can it end by tomorrow at 5 p.m that would be, be one nice <laughs> wouldn't that be wonderful it just doesn't work that way and so, I, I don't know, physically too, Devin. I mean, if you're on your period for that long, you got to be so, like, physically weak. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I feel like crap when I'm on my period. I know. You know, other than it being necessary to, in the, in the childbearing process, I mean, there's not really anything good about it. No. Agreed. And so, here we have a woman who is desperate for healing. It even says she tried, like, other things. Tried other. Can you imagine the humility of going to like maybe a Jewish doctor and saying, I've been bleeding for a year. I've been bleeding for five years. I've been bleeding for nine years. I mean, and spending what little money that she has. I mean, so what I want people to understand is this woman is beyond desperate. Yep. If I'm her, my next step is probably suicide. Mm. I just can't imagine continuing to live that way. So this is a woman on a, I would call it almost like a kamikaze mission. She's, it's like, a, you know, my last ditch effort. And here's what I like to think, you guys, is that, you know, she's in this area. She was probably raised as a Jew. Maybe she was a Hebrew of great faith. And maybe, just maybe, 
she had heard the words of Malachi somewhere. And she heard that there would be healing in the kanaf. There would be healing in the wings. There would be healing close to where those tassels are attached. And then let's think about Jesus. Would Jesus have had the tassels attached to his clothes? Yes. Why do you say yes? Because he is the rabbi. He is, yeah. And if he's a good rabbi, and if he's, like, he he grew up in the Hebrew tradition, of of course he's going to have the tassels attached to his robe. Probably not the, you know, probably not the Nike brand tassels. (laughs) Not the just do it tassels. And not the, uh, like, three feet long tassels that everyone else is tripping on. Yeah. You know, she's like, I just, I got the tassels. Yeah, he, Jesus didn't have to wear a shoebox on his head mm-hmm. like everyone else, like the people he was making fun of. No, Jesus was just Jesus being Jesus, doing. It's always the silent ones in the group that are the most confident and oh, yeah. good with themselves. The ones yeah. who have to be loud usually are the ones who are the most insecure. <clears throat> Pharisees. <clears throat> yeah. Pharisees, yeah. So it was interesting what you read about Devin. Like if you reread that, I want. To, can you go back and reread verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight? When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, "If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed." Yeah. And in the Chosen series, in the scene that Julie will post mm. on Facebook, mm-hmm. this is. Everything that Julie just talked about is portrayed perfectly because you see her in the crowd. You see Jesus in the crowd just like trying to shuffle along like a rock star would with people just trying to, you know, be around him. Yeah. And she's kind of in the distance and she's just having this conversation with herself. Just one thread is what she says. Yeah. Just one thread. I, if I just touch it, I, I know I'll be healed. You just see this inner battle. Yeah. With with her just knowing that she shouldn't because, you know, everybody's saying, get back, get back. And she just knows if I just touch it. There's healing in its wings. Yeah, there's healing. She's fantastic in that scene. We're going to post that, by the way. But, yeah, so let's go on and see what Jesus' response is to this. Because remember, you guys, she is an unclean woman. She shouldn't even be near this crowd. She's probably notorious because I doubt there were a lot of people on that day who had bled for 12 years. Yeah, people know who she is. Yes, she has a reputation, Devin, of course. So let's go on. We pick it up on verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? Basically saying, Jesus, everybody's touching you. I love it. In the video clip, it's Peter who's getting snarky yeah. with Jesus. Like, are you kidding me, Jesus? Like, there's people everywhere. Yeah. But this was different. And Jesus is about to talk about this. Yeah. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace be freed from your suffering. Oh, you know, this is one of those times when the text is, is so flat. You, you can't read emotion into it. And I got to think that if, 
if she had reached out and touched one of the guys with the really long tassels, <laughs> yeah. it would have been like WTF. Yeah. Like, who touched me? And when they saw it was her, they would have been... Furious. Oh, yeah. So upset. And so I, I, I was trying to imagine myself, Devin, in the crowd. And you see Jesus kind of stop because he realizes something just happened to him. And when he says, who touched me? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to think, is he saying it because he's mad? Or is he, like, is he worried? Or does he really not know? I mean, because Jesus could have just kept going on. Right. So why stop and ask, who touched me? Mm-hmm. Why would he do that? Because he's about ready to point her out. Right. And I think she wants to stay hidden. Of course. Yeah, it's like, who touched me? And everybody's looking at each other like, you know, dude, who was it? It wasn't me. I don't want to say it was me. I know. And think of the courage this woman had in saying, Mm -hmm. I did. It was me. It was me. In all her dirt and all her filth and her notoriety and and the shame. Everybody looking at her. Mm, Yeah. And she has the courage to say, it was me. Yeah. It was me. And... I love, I think Jesus did this because he knew by calling her out and having this intimate moment with her, he could, I don't know, like reestablish her in the community. He could restore her, right? Like he wasn't just healing her physically, but just like the leper a couple of weeks ago when we talked about that, he was going to restore her in the community. He was going to restore her at the temple. He was going to make her clean again. Again, when she touches him, It's not that he becomes unclean. It's the opposite. Mm -hmm. When the dirty touch Jesus, he makes them clean. Amen. It's a great reversal. So it's interesting in in Luke's version of the story, it says in the presence of of all the people, she told why she had touched him. So what do you think her story is? Like the people, like Jesus is having this amazing interaction. And I'm sure that the people are like, why did you touch him? Why did you touch, like, why would you touch this rabbi? You're so unclean. Why did you do this? So what do you think her why was? What do you think the story was that she told the people? And this is where you have to use some imagination because it doesn't say what she replied with. But why do you think she, like, what was her why? What was her reasoning behind it? To be healed. I mean, to get family again, to have friends again, to have her life back, to stop bleeding. Like you said, she was probably close to the point of severe, severe depression where this was her last shot or else. And she just knew. Here's what I like to think too, Devin, like, She had heard, like I said, that scripture before, that there's healing in the edges. There's healing in the kanaf. Right. And what incredible faith to say, I've heard it, and I believe it. See it through. And I'm going to act on it. Yeah. Because I think faith, Devin, is so much more than just right beliefs. I think faith shows itself in right actions as well. Just like Peter getting out of the boat. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly like that. It's the acting on the faith. That yeah. makes all the difference. And it's not and it's not faith for faith faith's sake. Say that real fast. You can't <laughs> it's having faith in the one 
who deserves to have all the faith put in. Like it's having the faith in Jesus, right? And as we talked about earlier, she had been, you know, over the 12 years, she had seen so many different individuals to try to help her situation. And isn't that our story too? That when we find ourselves struggling, we'll try everything else. You know, <laughs> right. We'll try everything else. Well, you know, yep. um, um, my, my relationships are in the crapper or I'm struggling financially or I'm struggling with this. And I think all too often we don't get desperate enough. Yeah. Like the phone call you made to me a couple years ago, mm. right? That was a, you became desperate enough. I did. To, to reach out. I, tr- I tried too long by myself and yeah. all the things that you're talking about. Trying to fill the void in all the other areas that wasn't going to fill it. So I love it, Devin, because your faith led you to an action. Yeah. It wasn't just like a, a wish, hey, Jesus, come and fix this. No, there's, I think there's, Rabbi, uh, um, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, I love how he says this. He goes, there's a partnership between us and God. And so we have belief and faith in the one who can do these things, but it's going to require some action on our part as well. Yeah. And had this woman not reached, she had the faith of knowing there was healing in the kanaf, there was healing in that tassel that was attached to the edge of the garment. And all she that was belief. all in. She was all in, but Devin, she could have been all in and said, I'll just wait, see if it works, see if it fixes. Right. No, she dives. She understood the assignment. She did, and she went for it full force. I love it. And at the end of this, Jesus, he rewrites her entire story. Now she has a new story to tell. And he claims ownership of her daughter. Like, Mm. oh, man. Daughter. When I think about Kevin and Kelly's love for their daughter, Mm. daughter means something. When I think about my love for my daughter, that term daughter means something. And Jesus is like, daughter, yeah, you mean something. He, he writes not just her story, but he rewrites ours as well. And I don't know about you. He's been rewriting mine for quite some time. I don't think the book will ever be finished in this lifetime at least. But man, I cannot recommend this video clip enough. And I want you guys to literally, this is one of those times, seven where we talk about stepping into the story. I want people to step in this story. It is so good. I love at the end, too, he acknowledges her exhaustion over the past 12 years and how that she was at her breaking point. Yeah. And in the clip, it says, I know it's been a fight for you for so long. Mm. You must be exhausted. Yeah. Like Jesus is saying, daughter, I see you. I've seen everything that you've been through. You're so mm-hmm. tired. You're healed. Now go in peace. Yeah. Can you imagine the story she told after this? Mm. Even just reading and hearing that is just so comforting. It reminds me so much of when Jesus um, met the woman at the well. Yeah. Like, I think I told you the Catholics... Um, or the Eastern Orthodox Church even recognized her as a saint. But right. she was one of the first individuals to go out and proclaim the gospel. And can, can you imagine this woman's story? I can't. 
I, th- I think she would have been a great evangelist as well. Like this for 12 joy. years, this is how yeah. I was. And this is how I am now. It's true. It's so true. It's so good. It's so good. Devin, we all have a before and after story. You know, we do. And it's those stories, I think, that change people's lives. To hear how God has moved and worked. And, oh, he's just awesome. Jesus is just awesome. Jesus, you're so good. So good. This is such good news. <laughs> so good. My friends, there is healing in the kanaf, in the hem of his garment. And all you got to do is reach out. Yeah. Act on it. You got to act on it. Yeah. So good. So this is what you came back to. I'm so glad you're back this week, Devin. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad we talked about this scripture. And I'm so glad that people are tuning in to listen. So shout out to all of you. Thank you for for spending some time with us today. You know, if you haven't watched the Chosen series yet, I just can't. I can't recommend it enough. I'm not trying to raise it up to idolatry status, but it really is just that good. And like we've talked about before, it gives a great visual to the text. It makes the text come alive. So please watch this scene, you guys, and then consider uh, what we've talked about in this podcast. And I think you're going to see it all come together so beautifully. And I hope the Kentucky Wildcats are reaching out to touch his (laughs) pastor this week. As we approach March They didn't touch the garment yesterday, that's for sure. They did not. They failed on doing that. Is today Selection Sunday? Like, they'll find out today if they make it in? Yes, it is. So everybody be reaching for some tassels. So do you you think, and you know what? They were blue tassels. Didn't it say blue tassels in scripture? See, Jesus bled blue. It was maybe Kentucky blue. I don't know. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm going to guess they're going to squeeze in at like a 13 seed. Yeah, I'm hoping for like a 10, but whatever. Yeah, I think it's going to be We'll see how it goes. Yeah. In the meantime, Devin, as we anxious, well, not we, as you anxiously await (laughs) to see if they make it into March Madness, I just want to encourage everyone to keep coming back to the Facebook page and reach out to us. You guys, don't be afraid to send us questions or prayer requests or comments. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to Stacy Musselman, who was commenting on some of the Facebook posts, and her and I had some exchange about the swear jar. <laughs> That's where this all came from. It was a great idea she had. Great idea. Uh, so we are actively adding to it. Unfortunately, but also fortunately, I guess. It'll benefit someone, I'm sure. Exactly. We'll donate it to some something good there. But we love the interaction. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, for commenting. And if you guys like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Two thumbs up. Podcast. Jesus would say that we are worthy of like a 10-foot tassel, I think, probably. 100 maybe, foot. Maybe longer than that. Of course. <laughs> Starting to sound like a Pharisee. Yeah. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. I'm so glad you're back. Happy to be back. <laughs>